What is up, team? Welcome back to the show. Uh, let's get right into it. So I'm not sure how many times I've heard the following statement. I don't look like I lift, but I do lift. But really, it comes up constantly in my DMs and conversations with brand new online clients on our initial discovery call. Now, the truth is that there are a lot of factors that go into what someone looks like. You might be doing all the right things in the gym, but if you aren't eating properly or sleeping enough, then your body isn't going to reflect it. Or maybe you're training hard enough, but not following the right program for you. So in today's episode, we're gonna explore some of the reasons why you don't look like you lift, even though you may be working really hard in the gym. So really, if you train hard but don't look like you lift, there are gonna be a few most common culprits. One, you don't have enough muscle on your frame. So even if you have successfully dieted to the point where you're very lean, you don't look strong and athletic. You basically just look skinny, which really isn't what most of us are going for. Second, you're not lean enough. So you may have successfully built a good amount of muscle, but aren't lean enough for it to show. So rather than looking like someone who trains as hard as you do, you just look a bit fluffy. So let's dig into the six mistakes you're making that are causing you to fall into one of these two camps. Mistake number one is simply not tracking your nutrition. Because not paying enough attention to nutrition is really the most common mistake we see new online clients who've struggled with, I don't look like I lift-itis, it's basically a pandemic in itself. Um, this is really the most common mistake that they're making. But really, weirdly, this isn't just a mistake made by newbies. Most of the clients we bring on board who are coaches themselves and or have been training for years are making the exact same mistake. Most new online clients struggling to build a physique they want, despite working hard at the gym, will say something along the lines of, oh, what's my diet like? Okay, yeah, I eat healthy for the most part. Um, sometimes I don't do so great on the weekends. My macros are currently somewhere around X target for protein, carbs, and fat. So, okay, cool, yeah, you're tracking macros. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure I'm tracking macros. But then when Coach Andrea or myself go through their nutrition assessment where we literally look through your food logs to help determine the best possible starting point for you nutritionally, um, we'll see that their macros are being tracked very inconsistently. For example, like having a whole conversation based around, okay, these are my macros, I don't know why this isn't working, and then actually digging into someone's food logs and seeing, okay, well, you have these set as your macro targets, yes, but you haven't actually tracked your food more than two days in the last two weeks. Um, now, this might sound familiar, but again, the reality is despite having macro targets, it doesn't matter if you have macro targets if you're not actually hitting them. But really, again, if this sounds familiar, you're not alone. Most people love to push themselves in the gym, but still never look like they lift because their nutrition doesn't match the way they train. This is why we're a nutrition coaching company for first and foremost. That's where most people's biggest deficit is. See, your training is like the gas pedal, but your nutrition is like the fuel in the tank. Without proper or enough fuel, you'll never go far no matter how hard you push the pedal. So for most people crushing themselves in the gym, but not seeing the results reflected in the mirror, a smart nutrition strategy is the missing piece killing their results. And this is why we require all of our online clients to track their macros while we work together. Because we coach people who want a very specific result and a well above average result. So for example, prepping for a photo shoot, achieving 10% body fat, etc. And really doing things at random with your nutrition will never yield the specific result you want. So holding you accountable to tracking your macros allows us to ensure that you're fueling your body properly to create the changes you want to see in the mirror. So remember, it doesn't matter how hard you push the gas pedal in your training. If you don't have fuel in the tank, you still won't go anywhere. Mistake number two is under eating protein. 
Now this goes very hand in hand with mistake number one, because we can usually correct both at the same time. This again is just as prevalent in more advanced trainees as it is newbies. Most people who have been training for a few years know they need to be eating approximately one gram of protein per pound of body weight, but aren't tracking their nutrition well enough to know that they're falling short. And this is a problem when it comes to building a great physique for a few reasons. First, protein is the raw material your muscles are built from. Without adequate protein, it doesn't matter how hard you train, you won't build much muscle. Your body converts dietary protein into muscle protein through a process called muscle protein synthesis. But if the amount of protein coming in is too small, your effort in the gym won't be reflected in the mirror. Second, protein burns a lot of calories during digestion. So really 20 to 35% of the calories you consume via protein are actually burned off during digestion. We call this the thermic effect of food. Um, whereas carbs burn about five to 15% and fats burn about zero to 5%. So as you can hear, this is much higher for protein than the other macronutrients. Meaning even if you keep calories the same, simply increasing the amount of those calories that come from protein equates to you burning more calories daily. By shifting your macros to include more protein, we're increasing your metabolism, which makes getting and staying lean easier. And then finally, protein literally seems to be less likely for your body to store as fat. So to cite a study titled a heavy protein diet combined with a heavy resistance training program improves body composition in healthy trained men and women, a follow-up investigation by Jose Antonio and colleagues. Um, this study took 48 randomized resistance trained men and women and had them either A, consume 1.36 grams of protein per pound of body weight daily, or B, maintain their current dietary habits. Now, both groups did this for eight weeks while undergoing a standardized resistance training program designed to build muscle. So the results were, um, to quote the study, compared to the control group, the high protein group consu consumed significantly more calories and protein from primarily whey protein shakes, leading to a diet that was approximately 39% protein, 27% fat, and 34% carbohydrate. Both groups significantly increased fat-free mass and significantly reduced fat mass compared to baseline, but the reduction in fat mass was significantly greater in the high-protein group compared to the control group. Accordingly, body weight gain was also significantly less in the high-protein group compared to the control group. So if you would like that translated to English, Basically what happened here is the high protein group ate about 490 more calories than the lower protein group per day and lost more fat. So basically the process of protein being converted to a substrate that can be stored as fat is very energy expensive, time consuming, and all around inefficient for your body. Thus, it's less likely to happen compared to carbs or fat. And then finally, protein is the most filling macronutrient. Lean proteins, again, are just very filling per calorie consumed. The biggest reason most people struggle on a diet is simply <laughs> they're hella hungry. So prioritizing protein helps you manage and actually get lean enough, manage hunger and actually get lean enough to show all the muscle you built in the gym. So again, if you don't train or if you train hard, but don't look like you lift, it's probably because either A, you don't have enough muscle on your frame, B, you're not lean enough. And really in either case, protein is very helpful because again, it has massive benefits for both getting leaner and building muscle. So prioritizing it is essential to your results. Mistake number three you're making is not eating enough carbs. Really, most of our clients focus on aesthetics, make carbs a big priority. Because listen, your body needs protein, as discussed, and fats to stay healthy. So really none of this is to downplay the importance of either macro, because you should be hitting your protein needs, about one to 1.5 grams of protein per pound of body weight, and your fat needs, about three to four grams per pound of body weight. But past this point, 
eating more carbs will actually provide you an exponential amount of benefits more for improving your physique versus more um, fats or more proteins. Now, to understand why this is, you first need to gain a quick understanding of your energy systems. So basically, your body has three energy systems, um, which is basically how our body goes about turning the fuels that are available in our body from foods we eat, creatine, etc., into actual energy that we use. For So for the first about 15 to 20 seconds, of us doing an explosive activity, your body is fueled primarily by your anaerobic lactic system, which really has the highest power and shortest duration. Now, the primary fuel here for your anaerobic lactic system is creatine phosphate. So creatine is something that is already within your body. Basically, we get it through the foods we eat. Um, but again, that's a very short duration. From there, we have your anaerobic lactic system, which has high power and moderate duration. So really most things lasting up to about 60 to 75 seconds are going to be fueled by your anaerobic lactic system. Um, more intense activities, I should say. Now your anaerobic lactic system is fueled by carbs. And then finally, things longer than that. Again, this is why like when you're doing a set of squats, after you hit like the 60 to 75 second duration, or like think of doing an all out sprint, this is, this is why over time our body like starts to lose fuel and our pace, no matter how hard we're trying, like our pace slows, right? It's our body burning through the fuel sources and switching from one energy system to the next. So again, we eventually, after about 60 to 75 seconds, our aerobic system is primarily, primarily gonna take over. Now this has the lowest power, which again, like after 60 to 75 seconds of sprinting, you're basically jogging, right? Um, but from here, then your aerobic system can go on for a very, very long time. Now, if you listen closely, you heard that the energy system that creates energy for the majority of intense activity from 50 to about 75 seconds is your anaerobic lactic system, and it is fueled primarily by carbs. Now, if your goal is to improve aesthetics, a good amount of your training will be fueled by this energy system. So a lower carb approach means that this energy system will essentially be quote unquote short on fuel. So basically your ability to train intensely will suffer. And as a result, you'll struggle achieving the levels of performance and adding the lean muscle needed for the physique you want. This is a common mistake made by mo both women and men. And again, it's really exactly why most of our online clients undergoing the physique transformation process are typically following a higher carb approach. Because again, not only are carbs your body's preferred fuel source for training, but they'll also aid your recovery and ability to build more muscle. See, carbs stimulate the release of the hormone insulin in your body. Now, insulin has an inverse relationship with cortisol, which is the stress hormone meaning that as insulin increases, cortisol decreases. Now, cortisol is a catabolic hormone. Its primary role is breaking things down for energy. Now, while cortisol isn't bad, like all things is very context dependent, spending too much time in a catabolic state will of course hinder your ability to build lean muscle. Now, due to the insulin and cortisol relationship, adding more carbs to your diet, especially around your training, can help get your body out of a catabolic state and recovering better and quicker, which is again, primarily why we recommend a good amount of carbs post-workout. Um, when you're training, we are going to be in a very, in a more catabolic state during a training session, typically, um, or I should say not necessarily catabolic, but 
we are going to do some things that like for example your training in and of itself is a large stress typically cortisol levels are going to be higher so that's like having a large bolus of carbs post-workout is going to help decrease levels of cortisol and get us in a more anabolic state um, so we can recover and grow mistake number four you're making is training focused on burning calories so this is really the most common mistake we see with people's training in general. So if you are doing CrossFit, Orange Theory, F45, or really any circuit style of training with very short or no rest periods and lighter weights, I am talking to you right now. As you probably picked up by this point, most women and men who train hard but don't look like they lift either, again, A, haven't built enough muscle yet, B, have a good amount of muscle but aren't lean enough to show the muscle they built, or C, need to build a bit more muscle and lose a bit of fat to look the way they want, which really this is the most common scenario. Um, so the issue with these styles of training is regardless how much you crush yourself in the gym, you just don't burn that many calories. Um, generally, calories burned through exercise accounts for a measly approximately 5 to 7% of your total daily calorie burn. So yeah, it's pretty damn hard to burn it off. Um, so really workouts designed to burn calories aren't doing much for your fat loss, but they're also not very effective for building muscle or strength. And we'll talk about why in a second. Um, so you might've heard the saying about sporks, which is like that weird little spoon fork combo. I think KFC has them. They are actually, I will say great for eating those like mashed potato bowls that KFC has. But outside of that, they're kind of, uh, shitty spoon and a shitty spork or shitty fork is the saying about sporks i don't know if anyone has actually heard that saying outside of me but now you have um so basically with these styles of training you're doing the same thing more or less you're spending a lot of time in the gym but neither burning enough calories to significantly impact fat loss nor training in a manner that'll stimulate muscle growth and actually thinking back about that kfc reference it's been a long ass time since i've eaten at kfc but even when you had those little spork things they were the worst because when you're eating your mashed potato bowl when you're trying to get to the bottom and like scrape the mashed potatoes out of the very bottom it didn't have like the edge of a spoon it had the edge of a fork so you like couldn't get the last little bit and you had to like scoop it out with your fingers uh, the worst so yeah <laughs> mistake number five is not enough effective reps in your training so one of the fundamental things you need to understand to build muscle in your training is a concept called reps in reserve commonly for, referred to with our online clients as rir so rir gauges how many reps you have in the tank at the end of the set zero rir would mean this set was an all-out effort you couldn't possibly do more reps or load one rir would mean extremely difficult but surely could do one more rep Two RIR would mean, eh, that's pretty challenging, but I could probably do two reps. Three RIR would mean, yeah, that's pretty challenging still, but I could do three or more reps. You get the idea. So this is the tool we use to gauge our client's effort and basically make sure they're pushing hard enough. And basically this is the tool we use to uh, regulate intensity week to week within our online clients programming. So basically to gauge your reps in reserve, ask yourself at the end of the set, how many more reps could I have squeezed out if I absolutely had to? And your answer is your reps in reserve or RIR, um, again, or how many reps you felt you had left before failure. Now, utilizing reps in reserve properly ensures your training is providing an effective stimulus for growth. See, the closer you take a set to failure, the more muscle fibers you recruit and fatigue. Now, it's thought that the last few reps of a set are by far the ones you get the most out of, aka the most effective reps, because they do the most to disrupt homeostasis and stimulate new muscle growth because again 
those are the ones that as if we recruit more and more fibers as we get closer to failure by the time we're a few reps shy of failure we've almost fully recruited as many muscle fibers as we can within the target muscle um, now the mistake most people are making is simply stopping when they hit the top end of the rep range assigned to the current lift they're doing but don't ever think about how close they truly are to failure so for many women men and women this means that they are training but aren't taking steps close enough to failure to stimulate new muscle growth. So to build muscle, it's smart to spend the majority of your time around a two RIR, meaning most sets end with two reps in the tank. So again, taking it back to our examples from earlier, like if we look at like an orange theory, or let's say you're doing a circuit-based class and you are doing bodyweight squats, you could probably do, you could probably hit like 50 reps. Let's say it's prescribed like you're gonna do 30 jump squats. That shit might burn, but again, if we have to look at, okay, what specific muscle are we trying to hypertrophy? What specific muscle are we trying to grow here? Okay, squat, a squat pattern, probably gonna be most effective for our quads. Well, that might burn. Was that 30 reps even like truly that close to failure? I would imagine if you actually like pushed it to like, okay, the point where I literally can't do another rep, you probably have like another 20 reps at least in the tank. So again, like it might burn, your cardio system might feel gassed, but you're not actually stimulating muscle growth. Very, very similarly with or another problem with like, these modalities training is the rate limiter because again like the thing we want to to grow a muscle we need to bring that muscle very close to failure so that's the rate limiter aka the thing that forces you to stop the set needs to be fatigue in that specific muscle so the problem with these modalities of training is either a they're just having you like dumbass exercises <laughs> where you're doing like a walking lunge to a bicep curl to an overhead press um and it's okay we're not really actually simulating anything if you're doing if you can overhead press or if you can bicep curl the weight you can if you can like bicep curl the weight you're using that's not going to be an effective stimulus for your legs right like your quads are such a bigger muscle versus your biceps it's, but i digress um so the point of all this is oftentimes in scenarios like this where it is like okay we're taking super rest short rest periods we're doing hella circuits and things of that nature okay the thing that's causing you to stop these sets isn't the fact that like oh wow again my quads are just absolutely smoked they could literally only do two more reps of this movement it is wow i have taken such short rest periods and i've done so many movements in the last five minutes alone that my cardio system is gassed and that's the thing that's causing me to stop so again it'll feel like you're working hard but you're not actually gonna get results out of it and mistake number six is no structured training plan so pure beginners can often go to the gym without any structure or plan and still make great gains for a few months but once you're past the beginner stage as most of our online clients are Having a clear plan for your training is the only way to ensure that you're giving your body the appropriate dose of training stimulus it needs to continue adding muscle. Because much of muscle growth comes from progressively challenging a muscle a bit more over time and encouraging it to keep growing in response to the increased stress placed upon it. This is called progressive overload. Now that said, if you don't have a clear structure to the way you're training, you're gonna be constantly doing different movements when you go to the gym. If you're constantly doing something different, how do you ever know if you're improving or applying more stress to your muscles than the previous week? Really, you don't. Um, so we'll go into the gym and doing random things might feel challenging and you'll get very sore because new novel exercises do create a lot of muscle soreness. You won't be able to build nearly as much muscle as you would with a structured training program focused on progressive overload. So 
If you're sick of spinning your wheels in the gym and making these same mistakes over and over and over again, click the link in the show notes to apply for online coaching with our team. You'll get fully customized training and nutrition protocols fit to your specific goals and lifestyle and expert guidance and accountability through every step of this process. And that is all I have for you guys for today. As always, thank you for tuning in.